to the ABR podcast, where some of Australian Book Review's contributors discuss major issues or read their reviews and creative writing. My name's Georgina Arnott, and I'm the Assistant Editor at ABR. If you enjoy these podcasts, think about subscribing to the magazine. Those 25 and under can do so for as little as $25 for the online version, or $60 for print plus online. Hi podcast listeners, this is Rowan Heath, winner of the 2023 ABR Elizabeth Jolly Short Story Prize, here to let you know about the 2024 Jolly Prize. Winning the prize last year was a huge confidence boost for me and a great conversation starter with other writers. I've never felt more connected to the writing community or received so much feedback. I strongly encourage you to believe in your story and submit it. Now in its 14th year, the Jolly Prize, worth a total of $12,500, is for an original work of short fiction between 2,000 and 5,000 words written in English. Stories can be on any subject and in any style. ABR looks forward to receiving your entry before the prize closes on April 22nd. See the ABR website for details. This week on the ABR podcast, we look at Qantas with business writer and historian Stuart Kells. Nearly everyone in Australia has a story about bad airline service, begins Kells, and many of those stories involve Qantas. This, of course, wasn't always the case. In his review of Alan Joyce and Qantas, The Trials and Transformation of an Australian Icon by Peter Harbison, Kells notes that the company's declining reputation extends beyond the area of substandard customer service. Last year, the Federal Court found Qantas's industrial interventions represented the largest instance of illegal sacking and outsourcing in Australian corporate history. The recent history of Qantas, although it might be an extreme example, tells a wider story about corporate Australia, writes Kells. Stuart Kells is adjunct professor at La Trobe University Business School and has twice won the Ashurst Business Literature Prize. Here he is with Fasten Your Seatbelts, Turbulent Times at Alan Joyce's Qantas, published in the January-February issue of ABR. Alan Joyce and Qantas, The Trials and Transformation of an Australian Icon by Peter Harbison with Derek Sadubin. Nearly everyone in Australia has a story about bad airline service, and many of those stories involve Qantas, whose mishandled bag rate recently doubled and flight cancellations tripled. The formerly smooth and efficient Sydney-Melbourne run is now a dispiriting ordeal. Widespread anger at Qantas provides the context and backdrop for Peter Harbison's revelatory book, with Derek Sadubin about the oldest continuously operating airline in the world. At a sprightly pace, the book walks through Qantas's recent history of turbulence, industrial disputes, corporate machinations, and pandemic challenges punctuate the roller coaster. In 2007, an attempted private equity buyout failed, evidently because a hard-to-get United States investor intended to agree at the last minute, but miscalculated the time difference, faxing his confirmation five hours too late. 
During a 2019 share buyback, Qantas was criticised for using cash that could have been spent on newer planes and keeping good staff. The roller coaster intensified during the pandemic. Just one of many problems, the airline could not get parts such as 787 windscreens and GE engine thermostats, the latter produced by a small company of a father and two sons. The father died during the pandemic while his sons left the industry. In October 2011, the Qantas fleet had been grounded after the airline announced to widespread shock that it was locking out employees covered by three principal unions. Further disputation followed. In 2023, the federal court determined that Qantas's efforts to outsource its ground handling operations contravened the Fair Work Act 2009. This is the largest finding by a country mile, TWU National Secretary Michael Caine said, of illegal sacking and outsourcing in Australian corporate history. Harbison's book is as much a biography of Alan Joyce as it is a history of Qantas. A working class boy from Dublin, Joyce had contemplated becoming a pilot at Irish carrier Aer Lingus, but his short-sightedness meant he failed the test. Some people detected in Joyce a heart of gold, but his rise through the ranks was more about brains. Harbison is candid about how Joyce adopted a technocratic, numbers-driven approach to win the top job at Qantas in 2008. Harbison's book helps tell a wider story about corporate Australia across sectors as diverse as banking, telcos, insurance, energy, superannuation, retailing and aviation. The past decade or so has been a period of corporate decline. Lower service standards and less respect for the customer are two aspects of that decline. Hypocrisy is another. Corporate leaders pretended to be champions of commerce, but their success often depended on publicly granted monopolies and other advantages. That was true at Qantas, whose status as the national carrier came with sundry benefits, and where Joyce's key achievement was to create a low-cost subsidiary, namely Jetstar. The subsidiary was to be called JetX, but Joyce's predecessor reportedly said that that sounded like a gas station. The whole idea of a low-cost airline subsidiary is rife with tensions. The subsidiary cannot be too attractive, or it will cannibalise the parent's market. But the scope for different service standards is limited, because, at bottom, the service is about safe flying. The cost differential between parent and subsidiary is therefore narrow, especially where, as efficiency demands, the subsidiary shares systems with the parent, such as for ticketing and scheduling. In the United Kingdom, facing competition from Ryanair and EasyJet, British Airways experimented with a subsidiary called Go. Aer Lingus also created an offshoot, Aer Lingus Express. Both experiments failed, as did similar ventures in North America. Qantas and Jetstar solved the problem by working hard to remind travellers that flying with Jetstar could be terrible. To stop the cure becoming worse than the disease, Joyce said, we coordinated a lot and made sure the brands were very different on the network. Hence Jetstar's pattern of preventable stuff-ups, 
such as frequently delayed and cancelled flights, and repeated strandings of passengers on distant shores. That strategy, which in economic terms was a departure from efficiency and fundamentally bad for consumers, could only work thanks to a lack of genuine competition in Australian aviation. If we had stronger competition laws and regulators, deliberate inefficiency would be impossible. Harbison illuminates another dimension of corporate decline, faddish and hubristic decision-making. As with dual brand airlines, corporate Australia's taste for expensive gimmicks and frolics was only possible because of entry barriers and market power. Joyce himself had a gimmicky side. He thrived on the attention of reporters who delighted in his endearing pronunciation of third as turd. Qantas's acquisition of eight A380 super jumbo jets was another gimmick. These new aircraft, Harbison writes, hub-to-hub giants specifically designed to carry over 500 passengers on trunk routes, weren't needed but just kept on coming. Retraining senior pilots to fly the A380s was expensive and time-consuming. Then there was the cost of keeping them in the air, more than 30000 US an hour in direct operating costs. So the service had to generate large numbers of economy and premium travellers just to break even. The hubristic behemoths were kept in the air by money and luck. Harbison details a harrowing incident in November 2010 above Batam Island, Indonesia. That morning, Qantas's first A380 to enter service was flying to London from Sydney. 440 passengers and 29 crew were on board. A faulty oil pipe fractured in an engine, leading to a fire and the fracture of a turbine disc. An uncontained explosion blasted out shrapnel that punctured the wing, severing fuel and hydraulic lines, disabling landing flaps and narrowly missing a fuel tank. Someone on the ground tweeted a picture of an engine cowling, a large white aircraft part with a prominent Qantas kangaroo logo lying in a school playground. Luckily, the aircraft was not lost. The crew made a successful emergency landing in Singapore. This is the closest Qantas has come to losing a jet aircraft. Joyce recalled that the incident created huge concerns about the brand, but it's a very robust brand and we rebounded. Oddly, Joyce referred to Qantas consistently as a brand, not a company or business. Yet another feature of the corporate decline, a surge in executive pay. Joyce was again at the forefront. In 2017, he was the highest paid executive of all the companies on the ASX 200. During his 15 years as CEO, Joyce received more than $130 million in salary and benefits. Harbison also traverses the theme of class. At the age of 23, Joyce flew business class from Dublin to Chicago. It was his first ever flight, and it was a baptism. This was living, Harbison writes. He never looked back. Joyce's Qantas claimed to be quintessentially Australian, but it had very un-Australian attributes, such as the ultra-exclusive chairman's lounge, freely and secretively available to influential customers who relished the cocooning effect of complete separation from the masses. In 2002, I researched the demise of Ansett Airlines, the biggest corporate collapse in Australian history. I remember the poignant moment 
when airline models and other artefacts were cleared from the shelves of ANSET's former headquarters at 501 Swanston Street, Melbourne. More than two decades later, as Harbison's book shows, the artefacts of corporate Australia need a thorough clear-out. Thanks for listening to the Australian Book Review podcast. Join us again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, why not consider subscribing to ABR? Subscriptions start from just $10 a month for full digital access. Visit our website for more information. We'd like to thank Stacey Chan, who edits the podcast, as well as our contributors who take the time to read their articles and creative writing. And if you enjoy listening to the ABR podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes.